0: Amen. Can you all stand with me for a moment? We're going to pray, read God's word, and just chat a little bit. Father, I thank you that you're in this place, and I thank you, Lord, that you've been with us throughout this year. Recognize your potential and your possibility, Lord, the Abilities that you have within yourself to fulfill things, accomplish things, Lord, and execute things in our lives. Father, I recognize that your spirit is here today, and I just ask you that you would be with us, that you would guard our ears, that we would hear your word, and that, Lord, you would help us to move forward in faith. Lord, I pray that I'm a blessing in your hands to your people. Father, I thank you that you've brought people here today who need to grow in relationship with you. There might be those here today that have to start a relationship or restart one with you, God. Let this be the day that nothing stands in their way from making that decision. And Lord, I pray as well that there's people here today that are looking for a place to call their faith home. Lord, I pray that today they would make the decision that Celebration International Church is their home, Father, from this point forward. Lord, I thank you that before me are not people that need to be berated, not people that are defeated. But Father, I know that these are men and women, young and old, that are victorious, that they are overcomers, that they are, Lord God, moving towards your desired plan and purpose. So Father, I pray that no thing and no one can stand in their way. And if you believe that, give God a mighty amen. Amen. Before you sit down, We're going to go into the Word, but I want you to say your faith confession with me. All right, we got that ready to go. Pop it up on the screen for us. Let's say it together. Ready? The applied Word of God will change my life instantly. I actively embrace and embody its teachings. Pleasing God is my purpose. I walk in faith, not sight. I claim promises, pursue passionately. And prosper as my soul prospers. My faith is proof. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and say hello to your neighbor as you find your seat. And grab your Bibles and open it to Ephesians chapter 2. I just want you to see this in your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. The Word of God says... Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. You got it? Give me an amen. Amen. I got two people. Who else needs some more time? Say amen once you got it. Amen. Ephesians 2, 10. For we are God's masterpiece. Man, that's a beautiful word. For we are God's workmanship. I like masterpiece better. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Amen to that. Praise the Lord. Masterpiece. Not just some little art project, but you are a Mona Lisa Uh, of Van Gogh. Uh, Some of us, Picasso, still a masterpiece. But we are God's masterpiece, and he's got good things for us. Nat and I were reflecting and just, you know, talking, reviewing, and looking at some pictures of our kids. And it's incredible how, you know, from day to day, you don't really notice things. They don't quite stand out. But when you zoom out a few months or when you zoom out a year, boy, are the changes obvious. Parents, you've you, 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 uh, been there, right? You zoom out a couple of months and you just compare the things and it's like, wow. I was reminiscing on Micah's chubby cheeks. Kid's not chubby no more. You know, he used to have these chunky little cheeks and arms and legs and just wanted to like, you know, squeeze that little kid in a good way, all right? I was reminiscing of, of Charlotte as she, you know, was taking her first steps. And now this kid runs around all over the place following and keeping up with her brother. And as I was reflecting, I'm just realizing as I'm looking at these pictures that time is running out. Times run out on us on all the swaddling, Bruno. We don't swaddle them anymore. If I try to like wrap a bear hug around them, even if it's a little bit long, they start to squirm. Get off of me, Dad. But there used to be a day that Charlotte would not go to sleep unless if she was constricted in that swaddle. Times run out on us on the spoon feeding. Now it's like, Dad, leave me alone. Get out of here. I want to do this on my own. And the food's all over the floor and all over the table, all over their clothes. You know how it goes. Time's running out. And praise the Lord for this one. Time is almost running out on all the expensive diapers. My daughter already says to me at 18 months, "Uh, potty? And she wants to go. And she thinks it's the most funnest thing in the world, to go in the potty. And sometimes she just says, Daddy, coco, coco, I got to coco, I go. I'm like, you got nothing here. And then she sits there for like five seconds, and then she's got a big smile on her face, and she's like, well done. There's nothing in the toilet. You think this is fun, having to put everything, you know, take it off and put it back on again? But whatever. But time's quickly running out. Time's run out on a few things for us. And the thought for me as I'm considering the closing of the year is that time is running out on me to become the me God wants me to be. Time is running out on me becoming the masterpiece that he's prepared me to be. Time's running out. Whatever it is that you are going to be, you best get moving. That's the, the heart, the, the idea of what's been you know, percolating in my mind these last couple of weeks. It's As we get close to a new year, the idea of time running out is coming to my mind as I look at my kids, as I consider the, the date and all of these things. And the scriptures kept coming back to me, Ephesians and uh, you know, uh, Job and, and all these different places in the Bibles. For instance, the psalmist tells us in Psalms 102:3, for my days disappear like smoke. Job as he's considering time and everything that's gone on, he says, "My days fly faster than a weaver's shuttle. My life is but a breath." And as we get ready to close this new year, the good news is, turn to your neighbor and say, "I got good news for you." The good news is we're still here. The good news is we're still here. And as we look beyond and we see a new year lying before us, the good news is that there is a year before us. The good news is when I consider God's words in the scripture and I see how he spoke to Isaiah and he says, tell this, write this down, have this for people to consider. He gives us a gift His word says in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Hallelujah is right. It's as if God lays before us a gift An intersection when the years come to us and it's the old year is going away, the new year is coming, it's as if God says to us, here is my gift to you. Okay, guys, time for us to wipe the slate clean and start afresh and anew. A new day is coming. A new opportunity is for you to seize and run with. God is giving us an opportunity. And so when I look at this time of year, I consider God's word. I look at the pictures, time is running out for me to be the masterpiece that God wants me to be. If we're going to make this a year that we wipe clean, how many of you would like to wipe 2023 clean and have a better 2024? Anybody say amen. Some of us absolutely want to get to a better 2024 because this year was not good at all. But there's others of us that we've had the best year we've ever had. But let me ask you this. If you could have even better, would you choose it? Better is always better, no? So as we get ready to launch into this next year, how can you have the best you in 2024? 2024. How can you prepare yourself and align your life so that you could have the best and align yourself to get closer to the masterpiece that God intended you to be? To fulfill and do the works that he has prepared for you to do that are good. Today, I want us to consider a couple of things. And I want to consider some people who are making intentional moves to set themselves up for the best 2024 if we're going to make this the better year, if we're going to be the best we that we can be, then God wants us to clarify what we want. Can you look at your neighbor and say, clarify what you want? There's an author by the name of John Ortberg, and he wrote this book, The Me I Want to Be, Becoming God's Best Version of You. He starts off this book, you know, in an opening chapter, talking about some challenges and struggles that he's having with his family, particularly his marriage, his wife, Nancy, they're not going through the best of times. And so his wife confronts him on the reality of how their marriage is going. I want to read an excerpt of the book for you. It says this, and he responded saying, honey, I'm doing the best that I can to which his wife replies back to him. No, you're not. Hopefully that doesn't sound like some of us here. No, you're not. That was not the response that I anticipated. Everybody is supposed to nod their head and be sympathetic to you when you say, I'm doing the best that I can. But Nancy loves truth and me too much to do that. So she rang my bell. You're not doing the best that you can. You've talked about how it would be good to see a counselor or an executive coach or maybe a spiritual director. You've talked about building friendships, but I haven't seen you take any steps towards any of that. Yikes. So no, you're not doing the best you can. And as soon as she said that, I knew she was right. But I didn't say that to her immediately because my spiritual gift is pouting. Which I exercised beautifully over the next few days. And as I did, a question emerged in my mind. What is it that I really want? What do you want? See, there was a, a poll that was done a little while back, that talked about how people are more stressed out over the fact that they have incongruent values than they're stressed out over having too little money, too little time, or relational conflict. Think about that. Incongruent values Values that don't match what you actually want, what you say from your lips versus what you do with your hands, how you walk in your life and structure your days and the activities that you do, they do not line up to the words that come out of your mouth and that causes stress. Look at what the word says. The importance of us clarifying what we want. Because if we don't clarify what we want, we're going to be tossed to and from because of life. Life will take us here. It will take us there. It will bring us to this thing and that thing. And when we look at it, we just got to a place that we never intended in being. We never wanted. We never cared for. And before we know it, 2024 will be over, and we are in a place that we never wanted to be, feeling like we didn't get much done, we didn't accomplish anything, nothing changed, and our circumstance is the same. Why? Because we never clarified what we want. Proverbs 4, 25. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Intentionality. He's talking about, hey, figure out what you want. Fix your eyes where you're going. Fix your eyes where you want to end up. That Gallup poll was just incongruent values stress people out more than not having enough. Having a squabble with your spouse, having a tension with your kids, having incongruent values. What, what do I mean by that? In other words, when we believe one thing, but then we behave in a very different way. For instance, some of us might, you know, hit home here and we say, I love family. I'm all about family. Family is a high value for me. It is the most important thing for me and my family. Everybody in my family, there's a motto. We love family. Family comes first. Do you get what I'm saying? But then when you stop and you look at that person, we put our work, we put everything else, we put our hobbies, we put our activities, we put our our TV, we put everything else in front of family. In congruent value leads to tension, creates stress. Mom is always saying how she loves family about everything else. I haven't seen mom in how many days? Dad says he's all about family, but he's at the office again, or he's at the golf course and dad's not here. Dad didn't come to my game. We're all about family, but everything else is more important than family. That doesn't work. We say, hey, you know what? Health is the most important thing to me. Oh, I'm a healthy person. Health priority. Got it. But then we don't do anything to move our bodies. We don't do anything to regulate what we eat. We don't do anything about seeing our doctors regularly. We run from the doctor. The doctor called. You got an appointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it next year. And then you stop and realize, I haven't been to a doctor in like seven years. But everything is working well under there. Under the hood, everything is good. No worries. Imagine not getting an oil change for seven years. Probably won't last a year without changing that oil. Hey, no, no, you know what? Uh, God is first in my life, pastor. Life is first. God is first. But then we spend little to zero time knowing him personally. We spend rarely any time reading the word or praying or any time praising him or seeking him or getting closer to him. But somehow God is priority in our lives. It's an incongruent value. We say, you know what? Church, his church is important to me. God's church, God's people, they're important to me. But then we give the very leftovers of everything else that we've got in terms of our time, our talent, our resources to the church. But yet, church is an important priority for us. Friends, when we live in congruent values, that builds stress. That stress creates for us turmoil. It creates for us dissension. It creates within us even depression. And we start to be discouraged. And we can't move forward in becoming who God wants us to be. We end up in a place that we never intended in being. So I want you to keep this in mind. That direction, not intention, determines your destination. See, you can hop on the Mass Pike. And say, man, I have full intentions of going to Boston. I'm going to Boston today, Junior, to celebrate. I don't know if they have a ball dropping in Boston, but I'm going to go to Boston to celebrate New Year's. I'm going to Boston. Then you jump on the Mass Pike and you go westbound. Friend, you are never going to get to Boston. You've got to go east to go to Boston for those of you who don't drive yet. Happened to to you, right? I want to go somewhere. You go the wrong way. Direction. See, it doesn't matter what your intention is. I feel so good about going to Boston today. It's going to be awesome, and friends are going to be there waiting for me, and it's the right place to be. Everybody should be there tonight. And that's where I'm going. The intentions are good. But what matters is what's the road that you're on? The road will determine your destination. The direction will determine your destination. But I want, to be, I want to be this person. I want to be a fit person. I want to be a healthy person. I want to be a spiritual person. Are you on the road that will get you to that destination? Do you value the things, the activities, the character, the virtues that are related to becoming that person? Is that what you value? Don't say it is if that's not what you do. Right? Right? And so I want to have the best 2024. Let's line up our values with our actions. Let's say I know what I want. Some of us, we don't even know what we want, what we want to do, where we want to go, how we want to become, all that kind of stuff. And so we have to clarify that first, because if we don't, we will not get to the place that we want to be. Are you are you getting what I'm trying to to put out today? If you want to become your best you, you need to clarify your ultimate values. What is of ultimate importance to you? Don't just say, this is what it is because I heard it. I saw it on a post. It sounded good. My friends are you know, retweeting this, so I'm going to tweet it myself, but I have no idea how it practically plays out in my life. You're going to have to spend some time. If this is the year that you get closer to becoming the masterpiece that God intended you to be. Newsflash, you got to take some time. Say time. And you need to reflect. You need to evaluate. You need to start meditating. You need to start reviewing some things. You need to take inventory of some things and start, you know, pull up your phone. Grab a piece of paper and a notebook, a pen, whatever. Open up a voice memo and start talking and start to reflect and put down on a tangible place What you believe is what you want. What is it that is of ultimate value to you? Consider, who is it that I want to become? That's a great question. You should ask that question to you every single day, especially when we come to the transition of a year, a new season, a new opportunity in our lives. And let me just say this. You don't have to wait till December 31st to do this. We do this naturally because everyone is feeling it in the culture. But every single day, it's interesting how God created the, the days in creation. It says in the beginning there was the first day. You know, God created this and that and this and that on the second day. And then, you know, the sun goes down and then a new day comes up. It's almost as if God bakes it in that way so that we have this natural barrier and break, this visual cue that there's something new coming again. That there's another opportunity every day. So it's not just about the end of the year, it's every single day. God, who do I want to be? Ask yourself that question. Ask the question what do I want people to say about me? How do I want to be remembered? See, I always think about this when we're going through a funeral and I'm working with the family and we're doing a memorial and, you know, it was awesome, John, to be with your family and we we got to, you know, reflect on your father and all the wonderful things that he was to his family. Ask that question. There's going to be a day that some people, family members, friends, neighbors, colleagues will be gathering to remember you because you've gone on from this life. What do you want them to say about you to remember you by? So ask the question and start writing it down. Put it down on paper. Put it down on your phone. I want this. This is the life that I, this is what is of value to me. Get that out somewhere where you can see it because that has to compel you. Some of us, we, we got everything up here. But we never stop to process it. To, to look at it. And if you start to write it down. You start to pray over it. Maybe for you, your ultimate value is going to be determined in family. Maybe for you, it's going to be in relationships. Or maybe when you answer the question, what's going to come for ultimate value is, I want to be a person that is kind. I want to be a person that is virtuous. A person that has faith or has ambition and is driven or influenced. Legacy. I don't know what virtue might come out. Kind and, and generous, loyal, somebody that is encouraging. That is what I value. Write it down so you know it. Then pray over it. Talk to somebody about it. Tell your friends, your neighbors, your colleagues. Tell your spouse. Tell your parents. Tell somebody so that people can help keep you accountable and review it often. Look at it every single day. I said that this is valuable to me. Am I actually behaving in the way that this dictates? Think about it. So number one, you want to have a wonderful year in 2024. Then write down what it is that you want. Pray on it. Share it. Review it. But then watch God. It said, you are God's masterpiece. Created to do good things that he has been waiting for you to do. When we start to clarify what is it that we want and what we value, and we line those things up with what God wants, then what you're going to realize is that God in his supernatural power will step out and watch how he will unleash upon you and your life and your year his power to see you become, to see himself complete and finish the good work he started in you. So it starts with us knowing what we want. But then number two, I want you to set some 252 goals. Set 252 goals. What are you talking about, Pastor? Go to Luke chapter 2. I want you to go to Luke chapter 2, and I want you to look this up real quick. It says, as they are speaking about Jesus Christ in Luke 2, 52, that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God And favor with man. Did you know that every single one of us, if we've aligned ourselves to God, then His desire for us is that we would be more like our big brother Jesus? He wants us to be more like Him. For God knew His people in advance, and He chose them to become like His sons so that his son would be the first among many brothers and sisters. Romans chapter 8, 29. Jesus, your big brother, wants you to look like him. He expects you to behave like him. He expects you to sound like him, to reflect him. And so, if he grew in a certain way, then maybe we should be growing in a similar vein. You want to have the best year? What if you would look more like Jesus this year? I have not yet heard somebody say to me, I've aligned myself more with God, and I feel like I'm in the center of his will, and I'm looking more and more like his son, and you know what? I don't like the benefits. I haven't heard it. For his word says that if we would give up in this life, we would also reap in this life tenfold, thirtyfold, a hundredfold. Yes, it will come with some persecution and problems. There's no doubt about it. But the blessings and the benefits that come in knowing him and being anchored in him and looking like him far surpass what we might face. Jesus grew in wisdom that speaks about intellectual development. He grew in stature. That's physical development. He grew in favor with God. That's spiritual development. He grew with favor with men. That is relational development. He grew in four major areas. He didn't just, oh, he's, he's a kid and he goes from being a baby to a man. He goes through the natural, you know, growth and development. That's aspect of it so if we want to be well-rounded balanced can we at least set a goal in every one of these areas some of us have long resolutions we put together 100 things we want to do you know 200 things we want to do five things we want whatever whatever the number may be but can we at least make sure that we hit one thing in every one of those four categories that we would grow intellectually What does that mean? That means that if Jesus grew in wisdom, I should be growing in wisdom. There should be something that I know now at the end of 2024 that I did not know at the beginning. There was something that I decided I am going to commit to learning and growing academically, intellectually, knowledge wise. I'm going to get stronger. See, the Bible Bible tells us this, that God has made us and knit us together in our mother's womb. He's made us fearfully and wonderfully. And here's the reality, church. He's given us so many gifts, but there's an incredible gift that rests right between our ears. It's called our brains. That thing is a muscle. And just like any other muscle, if you do not... Use it, it grows weaker. If you do not continue pumping iron, you are going to allow your muscles to get weaker. Hence, physical therapy has to come in and remediate and fix what has atrophied. The same thing is with your brain. It's a muscle that is begging you, please use me, exercise me, stretch me, grow me, expand me, utilize me so that I can bring good things into your life, good opportunities into your life. As a Christian, you're constantly challenging yourself if you want to look like Jesus. What do I need to learn this year? Maybe for you, you want to set a book reading goal. I'm going to read X amount of books this year. Maybe for you, it's, you know what, I'm in school and I want to become part of the honor roll. Maybe for you, it's, I need to learn a new skill, learn a new language. Maybe for you, you're a driver or you're, you know, a police officer. And you know what, I'm going to memorize the roads in this city so I don't have to depend on GPS. And when the emergency shows up or the package needs to be delivered, I actually know how to get there. Whatever it is, challenge yourself intellectually. To learn something. Jesus grew in wisdom. Because here's the reality, church. When we grow intellectually, we're putting things in here that God can draw out and utilize to bring himself glory and good things into our lives. Uh, I don't like to learn. You are limiting what God can do in your life and what he can bring into your life because you don't want to do the work in stretching your brain. But if we would just shift, this is a highly spiritual thing. God, I want to give you glory by learning. Watch what God will do in this next year. Physical goals. Jesus grew in stature. You got to understand that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I think we, at this point, all of us understand this, don't we? That he doesn't come to abide in a building like this, but he has said, I now will abide within you. He is the passenger that is within this vessel. He wants to get a certain amount of mileage out of each and every one of us. Maybe God has for you, Jose, 5 million miles that he plans to utilize. And for you, Corey, maybe he wants to put you on 700 million miles. And that's what he wants for you. But what happens as we take care of our bodies or don't do that at all? We're broken down at 200,000 miles on the side of the road, limiting what God can do in us and through us and for us. Imagine that. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's got a long journey for you. You can't even get out the door because you fail to take care of the thing, the vessel that he gave you. So in this next year, set a goal to grow in stature. We're all different when it comes to that. And I'm not, you know, a doctor. I'm not a physical therapist. I'm not a, a personal trainer. So I don't know what it is for you. I don't know how to check under the hood, but you do. Figure that out. Ask questions. Go and seek some counsel. But set a goal. Maybe it's something simple. And, and one thing I'll say with all these goals, set smart goals. Don't just say, I want to get healthier. What does that mean? Victoria, I want to I get healthier. Okay, great. Did How will you know you got healthier or not? So set a smart goal. There's there's a specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-bound. I want to get healthier physically, so I'm going to, you know, spend time on social media. Yeah, that's definitely not relevant, right? I want to get healthier. Great. I don't know it. What do you mean by healthier? I want to control my cholesterol. Okay, you're getting more specific now. I want to lose 10 pounds. Okay, great. You've been trying to lose 10 pounds for 27 years. Make it time-bound. I want to lose 10 pounds by first quarter of this next year, by spring. Okay, great. Make it specific. I want to walk 10,000 steps. Make it attainable. I want to walk a million steps a day. I don't think anybody walks a million steps a day. That's not attainable. So make it a smart goal and bring yourself to that. Spiritual goals. Jesus grew in favor with God. You want to have a great year. Man, can you grow with God? Make it your desire to grow with him. Ask yourself, what will deepen my relationship with God this year? That's a great question to ask, because it might look different for you, Kelly, than it looks for me. What is it that will lead me into a deeper relationship with God? And what's one or two things that I can do? Don't try to embrace the whole world and do everything. What is one or two things that I can do to make my relationship with God better? Every time we see Jesus, he was speaking about his father. What I see my Father doing and saying is what I do and what I say. Mom and Dad, my wife was talking to me. Hey, like we might be making mistakes as parents, but just let's remember, Jesus' own parents lost him for a couple of days when he was 12. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I'm in good company. <laughs> Haven't lost my kids. Praying that never happens. But here's the deal. Every time we see Jesus, he's looking more and more like his father. He's more and more aligned with his father. He's saying things that only the father tells him to say. And the minute he says everything that the father says, he zips his lip and he's done. Because he doesn't want to add to it or take away from it. He's just doing what he knows is of God. And so in that reality, what is it that's going to make you come to that place where you know more about him? That you look more like him. That you're more aligned to him. So ask yourself, maybe your spiritual goal is you're going to put away and turn away from a sinful behavior. Maybe that's your goal for the year. You know that this thing is a sin, and yet you can't break away from it yet. So maybe you say, this year I'm overcoming this thing. Maybe it's gossip. Maybe it's lying. Maybe it's pornography. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's cutting people down and being offensive and cruel when God says that the greatest commandment is to love God and the second is equally as important, love your neighbor as yourself. I don't know what it is. Maybe there's a sinful thing that you need to break away from. Maybe for you, you need to decrease your social media consumption. I was talking to that and I said, honey, I barely post anything online. But you know what I do on this social media thing? The endless scroll. I don't know what the deal is. And I got a lot of things to get done. But yet, oh, I need to need unwind, or you know what? I want to go look at some stupid videos of people falling on their faces or accidents or whatever. Like something stupid, fail compilations. Really? You know? I want to watch what this person said about that person and this motivational quote here and there. And I'm just I'm not posting anything, but I'm just. So I said to her, honey, you know what my goal is this year when it comes to this reality? Because I know that it's robbing me of time spending with God. Delete. So FYI, service announcement, if you need to reach Pastor Brian, call my cell phone or call the church because you can't message me on Facebook or Instagram. I don't have accounts anymore. It's just something I have to do for myself. It's not that I'm sitting on there and I'm like, oh, let me look at this, you know, lustful thing here. Well, let me do that over there. It's just, it's sucking my time. And time is running out for me to become the masterpiece that God wants me to be. And so for me, it was the decision. For you, it might be something else. Maybe for you... The spiritual aspect is going to be I need to join a small group in January or maybe I need to commit to going to church every Sunday as opposed to, you know, twice a year or once a month. I need to start being there where God's people will gather and God's presence is known to abide so that I can catch something while I'm there so that I can learn something. And grow in my faith. Maybe for some of us it's going to be I need to start tithing. Because you know what? I trust God in every aspect of my life. But I've not trusted him financially. Which demonstrates my lack of trust. How I think I'm putting this all together. And accomplishing all of this on my own. Maybe for you, it's going to be, I need to memorize certain scriptures uh, or a long passage, or maybe, you know what? I need to start serving in church. I don't know. What is it that is your next step where you can get closer to God and his people and God can grow you spiritually? Make that a goal. Maybe it's, I, I, there's somebody I'm going to reach this year. I'm going to make it my mission 2024 that I'm going to share with this friend, with this neighbor, with this parent about Jesus. I'm going to witness through my actions. I'm going to know my word so that I can speak the word to them. I'm going to make it my point to pray over this person and every chance that I get introduce them to Jesus in a loving way and I'm going to get to see and glorify God and praise with God when that person decides to trust in Him and their life is transformed and renewed and they find hope and freedom and opportunity and they find the joy that I'm experiencing. I don't know what it is but there's something. So, Set a time, set apart some ideas for your spiritual development. Jesus grew in favor with people. And I think we know what this is all about, right? How will I deepen my relationships with people? Maybe we need to set some time and say, I'm going to go have lunch with somebody. I need, to, I need to set up some time to have some phone calls and repair some some broken bridges. Maybe I need a regularly, you know, set a time to be in fellowship with other believers so that I can grow and drop my guard and allow myself to feel accountability and support and encouragement and people can see beyond my facade. And I can actually get to be the person that God's called me to be because instead of living this life where I just put forth what I think other people want to see and then rob myself of my genuine identity, you could come alongside other people who just will like you for who you are. Make that a commitment. Ask someone, you know, who's a few steps ahead of you. Hey, could you help me in my journey? Can you coach me or mentor me? Maybe you need to mentor somebody else. I don't know. Strengthen the relational efforts and grow in favor with people. Make an effort to know your coworkers, your neighbors, to know other people in the church. We come to church, we say hello, we say goodbye, and we're out the door but maybe there's somebody in this place that is waiting to get to know you and you could be their blessing. Let me just say, disclaimer, I met my wife in this place. I am grateful for CIC because I met her. I didn't understand her when I first met her. Her sarcasm did not go well with me. I remember we went, uh, there was a, you remember this, Anthony? Because you're here. There was an event with the youth group and, for young adults, and there was a gift exchange, and uh, we were exchanging $5 gift cards, and then uh, I did not understand why my wife and her brother exchanged gas cards. He had a gas card, she had a gas card, and they exchanged it instead of exchanging for something else. It's not like it was two different gas stations that one was closer to the other. They lived in the same place. Like, I didn't understand it. And so they're like, oh, you don't get our sarcasm. Thankfully, she gave me a chance because now we have a wonderful life together. Guys, relationally, figure it out. What is it that God wants you to do? Put some relational goals in place. Repair the breach. Fix relationships. Grow in favor with others because when you do, your, your year is going to be amazing. It's going to feel even though you might not have accomplished everything you wanted to do, when you have more people in your corner you find more value in the relationships that you have. You already won you feel like a million bucks. It's great God, if it's possible as far as it depends on you Live at peace with everyone. That's what Paul tells us. So clarify what you want. Set some 252 goals. And bottom line, don't wait to get started. You want to have the best year that you've had ever? Ecclesiastes 11.4. If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. I was talking to somebody, and they're getting ready to get married and talking about different things. And this idea came up about just, you know, the time to get married and being ready. And, and then the next phase for them is going to be kids. And they don't know. That's probably not going to happen for a long time. And just the conversation with them just going, hey, you're never going to feel completely ready. There's never a perfect condition. Opportunities may line up and it might be the moment for you to strike, no doubt about that. But you will never in your life have everything in the right place, in the right order, at the right time so that you can move. You got to start moving. If we could get to this tipping point and realize that life must be lived under imperfect circumstances, we are far ahead of the game. We look at a blank slate at the beginning of the year and there's all these opportunities We hear these motivating words. We hear all these different things. I want to do this. I want to do that And you know what i'm i am going to read and I am going to do this I'm going to use my time wisely and i'm going to make my life count I'm going to set goals and i'm going to crush those goals and I want to do all these wonderful things But friends here's the bottom line despite our best intentions life is going to get in the way We launched a new vision in october that a life worth celebrating for all. And then I'm finding myself hitting all these walls and different things. I'm like, I can't get to that because I'm dealing with these little stupid things over here. This broke, that broke, this is wrong. There's not people to do this. And I want to go over there, but I'm spending time over here. And this is life, but it's also the enemy. You want to become the best you that you want to be for God so he's glorified? Then you got to understand that there's an enemy that will do everything within his power to keep you from getting to that place. So you got to get moving and not wait for it to be perfect and step out and go beyond. Because God has called you to be his masterpiece. Most people plan their vacations, their dinner parties, their get-togethers way more than they plan their lives. It's just the reality. But how insane is that? God, I want to have the best year and I want to be the best version of me, but I don't got time to plan all these things. Instead, that vacation at Cancun, though, that's going to be awesome. I got all the itinerary and everything and I'm prepped and, you know, I got to get the tanning before I get there so I can look nice and not pasty when I'm there and all this other stuff. We're planning all these different things, but yet when it comes to life, when it comes to being the best version God wants us to be, It's going to take intention. Let's break that cycle. For we are God's masterpiece that he's created anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do things he planned for us long ago. This morning, I don't know what your takeaway is, but I believe that I'm looking at people right here with the amount of people we got in this place that can absolutely revolutionize this region with good, for good, for God. I see people here who are supposed to take territory and advance and grow in influence and, and authority. People who are going to bring hope and change to the world and make their workplaces better and their families and communities. If you just start to become the best person that God wants you to be, I know that this is possible. And I know that that's what God expects of us. For Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God, and favor with people. Daniel, you want that. Do you want that? So I want you to just uh, close your eyes and really just pray this prayer. Lord, who do I want to be? And start considering what the Holy Spirit is saying to you today. God, what do you want me to do? Show me one thing in these four categories. In knowledge, in physical characteristics in favor with God spiritually, relationally. Ask God one thing. You don't have to walk away feeling less than Pastor Eddie because he's got a list of things that he does every New Year's for resolutions. But I got four things that I want. Figure that out. And I can't wait to celebrate with you. For some of us, I'm encouraged that today, They said, you know, 2023, I'm going to finish the year by accomplishing a spiritual goal in my life. I'm going to conclude my year by actually taking a step to grow closer to God and draw a line in the sand. And so they decided that they want to be baptized. And so in just a few moments, we're going to celebrate with them as the candidates go get ready for baptism. We're going to celebrate what God is doing in lives because Jesus says that he has come to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. It tells us in Ephesians that God has given us the opportunity. He has allowed us to come into relationship with him through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. It is a free gift of grace. And when we come into that, we get to experience freedom, hope, and renewal. And these men have decided, I want to follow Christ. I want to show the world. I want to declare what God is doing in my life and that I value him. And I'm ready for the next thing as I become the man he wants me to be. Amen.